Hello friends and welcome to your first midweek slice of the Kings of Anger Ipswich Town podcast of this season. I'm Mark Heath, I'm your host. Joining me today, we've rotated the squad. Stuart Watson's already in need of a holiday, so he's flying off to sunnier climbs to display that buff beach body in the smallest pair of speedos he can find. Mike Bacon is covering Speedway today. He will be with us next week, friends, don't you worry. So joining me today, Hutch Hogan, first of all, Scandy Warren. How are you, my beautifully eyelashed friend? <laughs> Very nice. Um, I'm I'm all right, thank you. Um, Excellent. Yeah, keeping cool. It's a warm one again, isn't it, boys? I've just had yeah. to move my, my cigars into the garage to avoid any <laughs> kind of any uh, infestation of tobacco beetles. That's a little insight into my life. Um, and, and <laughs> joining us, we'll get maybe get on to that in a little bit when I've introduced the next man, the beard, the brand, the prospect, the hairy one. I've just been saying how much he looks like he should be playing centre mid for Italy. The boy Ross Halls, how are you? Uh, I've been better, but um, can't complain. Once again, another fine podcast to be recorded, I'm sure. You did literally just complain. I have been better, but I can't complain. (laughs) I complain followed by saying I'm not complaining. What's wrong with you, Ross? Your immune system once again has let you down. I think it's the 26,000 at Porton Road. I think I must have shaken hand with somebody who maybe had the lurk in. They're giving it to me. I've now given it to my girlfriend, um, so she's not really happy with me. It's not um, a case of the vids, though, is it? You've tested negative on the vids. Yeah, that's negative. Um, hang, hang on. Has anybody ever called it that before? I'll do what I want, mate. <laughs> is that is that new? <laughs> Might be. I'm sure I've heard that somewhere before. The key thing is that Ross hasn't got the vids um, as it stands. Anyway, boys, I'm digressing. I want to catch up with you, Hutchie, because we didn't hear from you on Monday's show. You were... Uh, drunk on a road in London somewhere after the Lionesses. So I I want to hear, first of all, what you made of the Bolton game and then also about the England game, because it's quite unusual we had someone actually there um, at such a historic, iconic occasion. Um, Very briefly, friend, what's your observations from from the Bolton game? Obviously, we've all talked about it, but um, the KO Army haven't heard your brief thoughts on that. What a weekend of football I had, eh? Indeed. One Bolton, one in League One, and then history at Wembley. Um, Thoughts on the Bolton game? Um, I came away quite happy from it. Um, on paper, a tricky, a tricky start. Navigated well. Um, dealt with, dealt with the issues well enough. Found some solutions. Not always the most pretty way of finding that solution in the in the first half with a set piece, but a pretty 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 set piece. Um, and then with a better team in the second. So all in all, came away quite encouraged by that. If I'm honest, because some of their deficiencies from previous seasons were kind of turned around a little bit. They they scored from a set piece and managed mm. to find a way through um, some difficult moments in the game. So um, some things to sort out, but plenty of plenty of positives to come from that and a, and a good start, I thought. Excellent. And then you bounced positively straight from Portman Road, got straight on the lager, ended up at Wembley on, on Sunday uh, afternoon. What was that like? Because you were there with your wife and your little girl. Um, so inspirational, I'm sure. Uh, what what did you make of it, Hutchie? Because everyone I've I've spoken to or listened to talk about being there said it was a, a truly kind of once in a lifetime sort of vibe. Yeah, it was it was brilliant, absolutely brilliant. I I had my I had my fears, I had my doubts. Um, this was my daughter's <clears throat> third football match ever. Mm. We left at half time of both of the other two, um, and she'd never seen a goal before. And we went to a kid's birthday party on Sunday morning, which knackered her out. We'd banked on her sleeping in the car on the way down and she didn't. And I was thinking, oh no, this is going to be, this is going to be a disaster. But um, 
but she absolutely loved it. She refused mm. to go for a wee when it was suggested to her because she didn't want to miss a minute. Oh, um, and um, made it all the way through extra time, shouting "Come on, England!" all the way through, and it was yeah, really a really special, special occasion for everyone um, that was watching it um, all around the country. I think really, really special. That picture of Chloe Kelly whirling her top above her head. That's iconic. That will go down in, in English sporting legend, won't it? For years from now, we'll be seeing that picture, especially the one. Have you seen the one where she's sort of twirling it? And it's actually got her name by some kind of virtue. The, the shirt is contrived to have just her name mm. like above her head. Incredible. Um, Rossi, we haven't really talked about this on the show, so we might as well. well obviously, you're deeply involved in the in the, uh, the the women's team at town. What has that What has that meant to, to them? And have you seen kind of a surge of interest in town ladies as a result in terms of either people kind of saying they want to watch or get involved that kind of thing because it's huge isn't it for the for the women's game yeah it's a massive surge I think there's a lot of they do a true blue membership um five pound a month and I think they've that those have gone up there's wow. interest in sponsorship I even saw this is Brighton I think they've like tripled maybe even quadrupled their their season tickets for next season I see loads of different other clubs sharing stats and saying there is surge of just people interested, so which is great to see. And yeah, I'm sure you know I've got I've got two young nieces who have now mm. got the full which was town kit. And my niece right now, she's she's wanting to play football, and she's now been inspired watching that game. And I'm sure that's like anybody, you know, just inspired by this um this great um, Lionesses team. And um, yeah, I'm sure hopefully at the AGL Arena, um, it's town women's team stadium that should be hopefully packed out every every week because of you know that amazing achievement. First game of season is 21st of August, isn't it, Ross, for the yeah. ladies at Felixstowe? Um, when are we doing a, the next Tractor Girls talk? Um, soon, I think. It's just not been much going on. It's been very much you know, steady going for the women's team. They've had pre-season friendlies, training week in, week out, but nothing too major for me and Blue to cover just yet. But we'll do a massive season preview, looking ahead to the season. So that will be out hopefully in a few weeks' time. Tremendous. Right then, friends, let's move on. In terms of things that have happened since we, we last spoke on Monday in the town world, there's not been a great deal. We've had we've had a, a lot of really good mailbag questions, which kind of cover a lot of it. Um, I guess the main talking point, actually, was something that happened yesterday. I've kind of lost track of, of what's happened when. Was it Tuesday, actually? Tuesday. Yeah, the long-running and somewhat tedious Bersant Salina saga finally came to an end. He's, he's joined a, a side that play in front of, well, Barely more than than a non a good non league attendance uh, in Turkey. Uh, your thoughts, please. I'm glad it's over. Um, look, I think I think people were a bit a bit split on on this. I'd I'd have loved to have Selena back in the Ipswich squad. I think he he's that something just that little bit different that can produce the big moments. But hmm. at the same time, I think Ipswich Ipswich pitched themselves right in this one. I think there was that they were clearly had moments where they were open to having him back in the fold as well. They know his talent, they know what he can do, but but not at the expense of kind of everything else that they were doing and 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 no kind of at no point did it reach kind of desperation. There were the eggs weren't all in the Selena basket and um ultimately I'm I'm just glad that it's over so early rather than kind of rumbling through to the end of mm. the end of August because um I think that could have been something of a something of a distraction. Um, I think it's a shame that I, I'm sure he'll have some great times in Istanbul. It's a, it's a city I would absolutely love to visit. Um, a brilliant place to live. I'm sure he'll have some big nights where he goes to play at Galatasaray, um, Besiktas and, and Fenerbahce. But 
I'm a bit sad that a player like Bursant, who thrives off big crowds and adulation, is going to be essentially playing at, in 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 a stadium with as many people in it as go to watch Colchester. That's kind mm. of the the comparison that that feels a bit of a bit of a shame to me. But um, ultimately, I'm I'm just glad it, it's done and Ipswich can focus on on going forward after a, a bit of a complicated one over the course of the summer. Yeah, I'm pleased it's over, just like neighbours. Um, Rossi, what what do you make of the, the Selena saga, Town missing out on him? And the obvious question, which you know we're obviously going to have to talk about, is do Town now need to recruit another Selena-style, Selena-shaped player going forward? What do you reckon? <clears throat> um, potentially. Um, my thoughts on Selena saga ending, yeah, like what Hutchie said, echo what he really said. Um, I'm, I'm glad it's over. Um, I was not really fussed about his return, really. I think it would have been nice once again. You know, it was lovely last summer. You know, it was another like, mm. oh my God, we've got Selena in League One. But for me, I think sometimes he could be a luxury player. You know, he's that, he is that showman, you know, the Oxford United game where he came up and, you know, scored that great goal and celebrated in front of the crowd. He's a fan's favourite. But I'm not that fussed about him not, you know, being here for this season. Um, if he comes back next summer, I'm sure the saga will come again, possibly. Um, I'm sure I'll be excited about that again, but I just don't think we need him this year. I think we've got other players who can step up to the plate. Um, but yeah, maybe maybe one more player maybe for that role. Um, but Connor Chaplin's my boy. I think he'll be the man stepping up in the number 10 role. What do you make of it, Hutchie? Because for me, on this whole thing, Selena's always been a little bit of a cherry on top of the cake sort of signing. Um, if Town did sign him, it would be tremendous. But I think looking at the current squad, they have players in that position that I think would do well. So do you think yourself that they need to go out and get someone in that, in that kind of position? I think Selena's, I think Selena's pretty unique really in terms of this level of football, in terms of that kind of player, they don't, they aren't really, they're not growing on trees. The cherry, Mm. the cherry tree is not particularly well stocked with fruit um there so I think I think the attraction of Selena was just how different he was the kind of player that he is the difference that he can that he can make the quality that he can bring in maybe maybe too sporadically that was the argument against bringing him back wasn't it that it didn't happen often enough but so I, I what I don't think they need is to go out and get another body I think they've got if we're talking about those number 10 positions we're talking about Ross's new boy. I didn't realise Connor Chaplin was the new boy. Good luck to you, Connor. Um, I, I thought Greg Lee was your boy. I've, I've lost track, Rossi. Who, uh, can we have an official listing of your boys now? Um, I, I, I just like him as a player, Connor Chaplin, but Greg Lee is my boy in terms of new new boys in the door. Um, so when there's new signings, you have to choose, don't you? Um, yeah. Connor Chaplin's just he's just a boy and he's, he's, a, he's a good player. So a Greg boy. Lee is your boy. Greg Lee is your boy. Connor Chaplin yeah. is a boy. There we go. Yeah. That's that. That's that uh, cleared up. Hutchie, on you go. <laughs> yeah, uh, I'm glad. I'm, look, I'm glad that was cleared up. And let, let's, poor, <laughs> poor Connor. Poor Connor. Yeah. In, instantly, uh, it's not actually poor Connor, is it? It's not. It's not great being one of Ross's boys. So um, you're in the clear. But he, for the number ten on his back, I think I'm. I'm looking forward to seeing what he can do this year. And then you've obviously got a Luco. Harness, and we've we've seen Tyrese John Jules kind of maybe mm. begin to show that he might surpass expectation um, in that position. So I, I don't I don't think you necessarily need another body in there if you can find a player that that can do the the kind of wizardry, the moments that Selena's capable of. Then that would be something I'd be thinking of. But they they're not really there. Like Scott Twine was he one? 
um, <laughs> in that kind of mould. And you mm. see how obviously a big, big amount of money was paid to take him to the top end of the, the championship. That's where those players tend tend to go. So I, I don't think they need a body for body's sake. It would need to be a seriously sweet or sour, beautiful cherry to put on top of the cake um, if they were to do it. But in terms of another body, not for me. Cherry liqueur chocolates from Belgium. Elite tier, goat tier chocolate. That's an aside. Cameron Humphreys can play in that role as well, can't he? My uh, my surprise package. We've seen him do something similar against Charlton. Get him in. That's what I say. He can. He he, look, he can play there. I personally, from what I've seen of Cameron, I like him a bit deeper. Um, mm-hmm. And and there's every there's every chance a loan might be in the offing for him. I just want him to play at this point somewhere. Um, I'm sure he'll get his chance in the cups if he's still here, but. It, it, certainly, if you're talking about adding another body, he's a reason not to do that. If he's still, if he's still here, because that's just another, just another block. But um, it would have to be a what's the chocolate? A cherry liqueur, Belgian chocolate. You that's, must have that, had you. You must have had those. You know, probably you go to, you go to Belgium. They're, they're whole cherries which have literally been dipped in chocolate and kind of doused in cherry liqueur, and you whack them in. Even the even the stalk is like covered in chocolate. You don't eat it uh, unless you're. In, in the mood. Um, but yeah, they are elite tier chocolates. I don't well, want to get too carried away. If that's what we're saying, Bursant is, then that, that's what they need to find. I've, I've never been to Belgium. Um, what? No, I've not been to Belgium. I've, you've travelled, you've travelled, boy. I thought you'd been I've, everywhere. I have, yeah. I've, yeah, it's not it's not one I've, I've watched in Bruges a lot get yourself, of times. Get yourself to Bruges, mate. That's what made us want to go to Bruges, watching that. And it is as beautiful as it as it seems in the film. Um, is, it like uh, a dream? is it like a dream? It's like a fucking fairy tale. Yeah, exactly. Um, it's in Belgium. Yeah, it is, honestly. Bruges, if you've not been, it's tremendous. There's lots of really, really nice bars next to the river where you can partake of numerous Belgian beers and not feel guilty about it. Uh, get yourself a bottle of Delirium. That's 12%. Um, that's why it's called Delirium. I think that nice would kill me. <laughs> I've, I've, not, I've not had a beer for about five years. I think one of them would... would yeah, probably, I wouldn't, I wouldn't go straight to... I wouldn't go straight to the bottle of delirium for your first first one back, Hutchie. Who knows? Let's have a KOA Jolly Boys out into Bruges, shall we? Let's do that. Um, friends, that's the Selena, Selena saga. Line drawn underneath it until maybe it starts again next summer. Who knows? Look, um, all I would say is that yeah. there seems to be a bit of a gravitational pull between Selena and Ipswich. It wouldn't surprise mm. me if if this was at least discussed again in the future. And I have absolutely no doubt that over the next nine months while he's in Turkey, some perhaps slightly grainy video footage of him doing the odd incredible bit of skill or goal will will pop up um, and perhaps provoke the what might have been moments. But I think it's which have got some good players in that position. And um, Mm. I think they can, I think they can do the business. Okay, there we go. That's the official line drawn underneath then from Hutchie. Moving on, um, obviously, we, we've already talked about Bolton in, in great depth and detail. Go back and listen to the show from Monday if you want to hear more about that. There's also videos around that from the fan social, uh, the game day posse, sorry, and also the boys, obviously, their reaction video. Um, but there were a few moans, weren't there, from fans. We got some some moans from fans about various parts of the match day experience. Um, the big screen, namely, uh, the commentary on iFollow was an issue, wasn't it? A big one. Uh, and various other things around the, the level, the sound level of the PA um, being too loud, which is staggering given the, the previous issues with it, uh, and also uh, around queuing in the fan zone. 
Um, so we we were fortunate enough, weren't we, Rossi, to go down and, and kind of have a chat with, with someone at the club about that yesterday. Um, fair play to the club for kind of embracing those sort of questions and, and having us down. So we, we met Scott Paul, who's the, the new marketing and, and director of marketing and support engagement yesterday at Portman Road. And to be fair to the club, they have already taken some some of those comments on. They know that the big screen was an issue. So they've said that they're going to, they, I think they had basically, they took the template from Wembley, didn't they, Ross? That's what they said yesterday, they told us yesterday, uh, with the lineups and, and what they kind of put on at Wembley. But obviously at Wembley, you've got two screens and they are gigantic, um, whereas town screen is rather more diminutive, as we found out on Saturday, um, which meant that a lot of people couldn't actually see what was on there. So they've taken that feedback and they've basically simplified the big screen. It's, it's, been, it's essentially going to be from Tuesday night, it's going to be a, a really big scoreboard, isn't it, Rossi? They're going to have the the crest, the time, and the score in big on on that scoreboard. And they will show replay of, of town goals. Um, they don't want the match as a whole being shown on there. That's something that Kieran doesn't want on the big screen because he thinks it will be distracting to players um, and various other things. We've done a video. If you want to go back and watch my chat with with Scott Paul, um, for kind of more in depth stuff about the commentary, etc. Go back and watch that. Good ten minute in-depth chat. Rossi, what, what do you make of the, of the changes that they're, they're going to implement straight away? Because it, it's tough for us. We obviously don't consume match day as a fan. We're there to work. And even though you're with the fans, you're not kind of, normally you'd be on the beers, wouldn't you, and having a, a good time. Um, so it's hard for us to kind of, you know, kind of see it from a fan's point of view, because that's not how we consume match day. But, but certainly speaking to Scott yesterday, I got the feeling that fans just want to feel like they're being listened to, don't they? Uh, and it, it felt to me like they are very serious about listening to fans now and, and kind of acting on their complaints and, and feedback. Yeah, it's great to see that communication straight off the bat. You know, first game of the season, they're really getting stuff sorted. And I did a little test. You, you saw the video, but I went into the top end of the North Stand. Mm. You could see it visually. Um, if you, you know, if you have, haven't got great eyesight, to be fair, my eyesight can be a bit iffy sometimes. Um, <laughs> but um, it, it looked good. You know, I saw the time, saw the scoreline, and the badges looked very sharp. Um, and that's just a nice little touch. I think some people think, oh, I need the scoreboard. But some people really like that sort of stuff. And just you want to know what, how long you got left. Definitely, you know, it's 1-1. Mm. One, one. You know, second, you want to know how long we've got left. Oh, we only got a couple minutes. Hopefully, we can get the winner. Um, but just everything else is just fantastic. And uh, it's just, yeah, it's night and day to the previous regime in terms of communication because... You know, things get left last minute. No one mm. really thinks about it. Um, you did your little commentary little bit, which is a good little video. Um, but no, it's just good that there's communication and that's what fans want. They just want to hear from their club and get their questions answered pretty much. Yeah. Well, on that note, Rossi, you know, when you say my eyes are a bit dodgy, don't, you know, when you finally pass your theory test, don't, don't say that when you get into the, into the car to do your actual driving test. Don't say that to the, uh, yeah. The instructor. Uh, my eyes are a bit dodgy every now and then. Uh, we'll see how <laughs> we'll, we'll see how we get on today. Uh, Hutchie, I know uh, clearly you've, you've obviously watched that video because it's a tremendous video and you watch everything that I do. Um, but in, in terms of the, the kind of message from the club, it was it was really good to speak to someone like Scott, who's in kind of charge of support engagement, and he was so sincere, wasn't he, Rossi, about wanting to hear what the fans say and have a, like a personal conversation with fans. And he was saying, look a lot of what the feedback we get is on Twitter, but I understand that there's a lot of fans who aren't on social media and they need to be able to speak to someone in an old fashioned way. And, you know, that that's what I'm really passionate about doing. So it is really good. It is really good. I've got to say that a, they, they fielded those questions in the first place because it would have been easy to go. No, 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 we're not, you know, we just kind of get on with things, but to actually front up and put someone up to discuss them, I thought was great. Yeah. Like <clears throat> they're not, they, they, there's been so much change at Portman road 
this summer to try and just to try and bring the ground up to a certain standard for for various reasons this was the first time like the screen was able to be they're not going to get it perfect straight away but no. after one one game you can't grumble too much after after one game they've very quickly assessed the problems taken that on board and like you say acted very quickly um was it Scott? Scott, you spoke to. Yeah, his Scott, name? Yeah, he's, yeah, he's he's. I was watching the video. He's worked at um, was it Forest and Leicester? He's worked Forest at and previously, Leicester, yeah. so he knows yeah. he knows what he's doing here. He's worked. He's got two promotions to the Premier League. Well, kind of on his CV, he didn't. Yeah. He, he he didn't play. Um, he was he was but, involved, but um, so he he knows what he's doing. They're they're employing people in these new. It's a new position that he's mm-hmm. taken on there, to, and and. It's going to take time to grow into these new positions. They're expanding the staff. They've they're, they're making sure that they've got specialists in all the areas. And I think I don't think anyone can have too many complaints about the things being tweaked so quickly after after one game. So uh, hopefully for the Colchester match, it'll all be all be that bit bit smoother. Mm. A little peek behind the curtain as well, Rossi. We we sat down with Scott and, and Marcus from the club, didn't we, before recording the video, just a little catch up, and we sat down in Kieran McKenna's office which I thought was was nice. Huge, great, grey, plush leather sofa as well as as well as the table. Fridge stacked with all manner of drinks, including a lot of bottles of Peroni, which would be dangerous for me on a match day or indeed any other day when the sun's shining. So Kieran's clearly got good restraint. Uh, nice little changing area as well. And on the table, Ross, I don't want to disclose too much of what was on the table. There were charts and all that kind of stuff, but I can reveal that there was a folder, uh, quite a big folder, with set pieces written on the front of it. So there you go. That's the... Uh, the extent to which they're going in terms of building up their set piece. Obviously, I didn't look inside it. That would have been that would have been too much. But there's clearly a, what I would call plays, Hutchie. What mean you would call plays, I'd imagine? Set Is that the playbook? Ones. I reckon it might be the set piece playbook. But there you go. So in terms of knowing that's something they've got to address, they might well now have a playbook. I wonder if they call out plays, Hutchie, before a corner. Maybe Connor Chaplin's called out 16 red before the Evans scored at the weekend. <laughs> something like that. Uh, anyway... I'll move on now. There's, we've got a loads of questions in Mailbag, and they, they cover quite a lot of topics around which we'd otherwise be discussing. So should we dive into that, Hutchie? Would you mind doing the honours? I can. It's going to have to be. It's going to have to be quite quiet today because my my wife is on nights and asleep in the next room. So it's going to have it to be hushed. Quiet. Yeah. Is that all right? Of course. <clears throat> mailbag, mailbag. It's time to quietly dip into the mailbag. Do, do. I, think she's, I think she's still asleep. That's good. Right then, so. friends. Um, Hutchie, do you want a football or non-football question for starters? We always, we always start non-football, don't we, on these? Non-football, right. Patrick Palmer, one of our resident um, Photoshop experts who did, as predicted, an excellent job with, with Ross as, as James Bond, which is something we're going to have a lot of fun with this season, I sense. Uh, he says, so Ross is the new dubiously assigned 007. Which of the Kings is the recurring villain nemesis who will always lose but never be defeated and who always returns to hatch new despicable plots? Who will be Money Penny? Who's M? Who's Jaws? And who's the round stereotype Russian? Have we got any thoughts on this? I, my, my immediate and obvious thoughts is that I should be Jaws, given my expensive um, dental work, although my teeth aren't metal. Um they're so too I, I good, would, aren't they? I would be the obvious choice for Jaws. Yeah. Um, I don't know if I can get some some fronts for them, which make me look like Jaws. Uh, so M. M's the, M's the person in charge, isn't it? 
I reckon that should be Bacon. I can see he's the villain. He's the villain, isn't he? No, I think. See, I think. I think Hutchie might be the villain. Oh, here's my thing because Hutchie's so kind of calm and considered, uh, and Bond villains have that kind of air of. Yes, they're sociopathic and psychopathic, but they're also tend to be generally pretty calm about things. And I can see, I can see Hutchie kind of just calmly throwing someone into a shark-infested pool, that kind of thing, you know, or or lobbing them off a high-rise building attached to a brick, uh, that, that kind of vibe, and then just kind of turning away and, and not even thinking twice about it. How do you feel about that, Hutchie? I'll take I'll take that. Um, yeah, yeah. Ultimately, I obviously end up losing. Um, yeah, but I'll have some fun along the way. Exactly, uh, and I think Bacon. I can see Bacon kind of wearing a suit and being exasperated at, at 007's antics, which is basically what he is every day with Ross. Anyway, uh, where, where's Ross? He's late. Where's 007? He's not here. So he'd be here. And Stu, I don't know what Stu would be. Where would Stu fit in in terms of this particular chat? Would he be the? Would he be the kind of? Is it Q, the guy with the the gadgets? Yeah. The inventor, the kind of the gadget, the gadget man. He's got the doc, the kind of doctor look, hasn't he? Yeah. Or maybe he'd just be some kind of henchman for you, Hutchie. Now he's so now he's so ripped. <laughs> yeah. Just, yeah. Just just walk around behind you, looking menacing. Yeah. I'll be I'll be the undersized little evil genius, <laughs> the cold calculated evil genius, and he can be my he can be the muscle. Someone someone photoshopped you as the cat on the villain's lap. I don't know if you saw that. In one, no, of the, I didn't uh, see. one of the numerous photoshops, Stu was the villain, <laughs> one of the bald villains, and you were the cat on his lap, which I thought was uh, <laughs> funny, if a little disrespectful. Uh, anyway. Oh, I like cats. It's fine. There you go. You, you'd like nothing more than to be the villain's cat. Should we do a football one from the sweet Welsh prince, Harvey Davis, friend of the show? Do any areas of the team still concern any of the kings? If there's one for me, it would be centre mid. Morsey's bound to miss at least three games, I assume because he's going to get booked and sent off. Evans has a sketchy injury record, and Harper, sorry, Heathy, isn't up to it. Outrageous, Harvey. Ridiculous comment. Hopefully, Ball will be brilliant, but the lack of depth there worries me. Hutchie, any, any thoughts on that? Centre mid. It's not it's not the area of the team I'm most most concerned about. Um I, I also think I also think that, that Morsey's I think we might see a different string to Morsi this season. I think I've got this feeling that he might he might manage that that side of his game a little bit better. Um I, that's just a gut feeling and I think I think Ball is good insurance for that. Um I'm not hugely concerned about it if you suddenly if you suddenly loaned out El Mazzuni and Humphreys mm. um which is obviously a a discussion point then then you are starting to look a little bit thin. Harper's got a lot to do to to show that he is up to it. Um, I didn't see the South End friendly, but by all accounts, he didn't show that he was up to it in that game. Um, he fake will news. get. He'll get. <laughs> what, what was it? What fake news? Yeah, absolutely. Okay, um, he was tr- he was tremendous in that game. Tremendous. Everyone's saying. Well, Everyone's Everyone. saying it, apart from those who aren't, and they're idiots. All right, <laughs> we'll see. We'll see him against Colchester. He's got he's got some work to do in that in that position. But it's not the area of the team I'm most mm. most thinking about when when you're talking about recruitment. Rossi, any thoughts? Centre mid? You worried like this week, Welsh Prince? No, not really. Um, I think yeah, Dominic Ball, Lee Evans, 
Sam Morsey, they're going to be the key ones in that position. And then there's other players who can fit that role. So, yeah, I'm not too worried. But I understand Harvey's thinking there, you know. But I, I agree with Hutchie on um, Sam Morsey. I think he's going to change his game a little bit this year because he knows he's the leader. He can't be missing games via suspension and stuff. So, um, no, I think Sam Morsey's going to play week in, week out. No worries. Bloody Sam Morsey. He's a man on a mission this season, I reckon. Um, I would agree with you. I'm not too. I'm not too concerned about centre mid, but I can certainly see where Harvey's coming from, certainly from a numbers point of view. But fingers crossed, it won't become an issue. Uh, right then, a uh, couple of quick ones. Lee wants to know: Did Mark and Stu finish their points of San Miguel in the behind-the-scenes snippet? Yes, we did. Uh, we said on Monday they poured us the pints, uh, and we did the sip, one take, spot on, first time every time, obviously. Uh, and then we kind of put them sheepishly down, and they and the uh, the guys who open the kiosk for us says no you can't leave them <laughs> like we've just poured them you can't you can't waste them so we went what really oh, okay then um uh, and thus we consumed said pints on the way to uh, check out kieran mckenna's new comfy chair in the dugouts uh, another quick one george if you could take mark ashton to any suffolk restaurant which one would it be you got any favorite suffolk eateries rossi bella uh, ben apley yeah you'll love ben apley you get your ben. italian food pasta pizza um, lasagna and all that stuff, and then of course, you've got chicken and chips as well. If you fancy that, and rats, paninis. Um, rats, then, yeah. I rats. don't want, I don't want a rat. I'm not sure. Is it that good? Be... I've heard so much about loads of people talk about Bella Napoli. I've never, I've never been. Is it really that good? There's I know there are, I know so, there is. There's one um, very just, near my house, yeah. I think it's just, it's just standard Italian food, you know, you just you get what you get, really. I, I just like it, you know, pricing's not too bad. Good vibe, good energy in the in the restaurant. Just does what it does, you know. It's not too, it's not too classy, but it just you know, it's nice. You don't want it to be too classy. That's definitely not what you want. Um, Hutchie, wh- where would you take Mr. Ashton for for dinner? I would take Mr. Ashton to a Japanese restaurant in town called Takayama. Oh, nice! I like that. It's very yeah. good. It's very good. The yeah, really, really nice. Japanese cuisine is something that I've not really explored much of. I do like I do like sushi, you know, the stuff you get from counters in like Waitrose, very good, but I don't know anything about it. So is there anything you'd you'd recommend for for neophytes like me, Hutchie, trying well, to get into Japanese cuisine? Well, the sushi the sushi there is kind of a significant upgrade on what you've had from the Waitrose counter. I can imagine, a, yeah. For, for a start. Yeah. Um it's not quite I, we were for, we went to Japan five or six years ago and it uh, it's an incredible the, the the food there is outrageous it's so so good and this mm. i've not been to loads of japanese restaurants since we came since we came back from there but this is probably the best most sort of japanese like um what's it so, called yeah takayama maybe i'll take you instead of mark ashton i like that i'd like that yeah should we should we take ourselves out for a little koa meal? yeah I'd let's do like it that. ross how do you feel about raw fish yeah, I've, I've been to that restaurant a few times myself. It's really nice. There we go. Yeah. Tremendous. Uh, if it was me, I'd take Ashton somewhere posh. Um, there's Tudna Mill, which is one of our favourite places to eat out west of the county, uh, and also 1921 in Bury, which for me is probably, maybe Pea Porridge in Bury as well, probably the best two places in terms of restaurants to eat. Um, there's the Great House in Lavenham as well. That's that's really nice, obviously a really nice area. And in the east of the county, the Unruly Pig at Woodbridge Way, which has won all sorts of awards. Uh, as a very kind of gastro upmarket pub, I think it just won Gastro Pub of the Year. In fact, ahead of a bunch uh, of top... I didn't. I didn't have a great time there, Mark. Oh no! 
Was it? You don't like fancy though. What was it? No, too fat? Nah, no, no. Mine, mine was fine. I had a really was nice it? steak, but um, they didn't handle a simple vegetarian meal particularly well for my wife. Let's just say. Okay. Well, that brings us perfectly onto one of the other questions, which was, where are we? Chris Bennett. Will Andy and Stu, Stu won't be there, the big porker will be, be bringing a packed lunch on Saturday or sampling the vegan cuisine at Forest Green Rovers? Now, first trip to Forest Green Rovers, obviously we're going to talk about Forest Green in due course, but clearly they are a club noted for their ethics and ethos and vegan being high amongst those. So, Hutchie, will you be sampling any of the vegan wares? You are. You you live in a household with vegetarians anyway, so you don't eat a lot of meat. Um, how would you feel about that? I do when I'm let out on match days. <laughs> oh, do you? Um, <laughs> Get me a burger. <laughs> um, I tell you, the big the big porker might have mm. some might have some issues to face. Yeah, <laughs> but, I'm not, yeah, I'm I'm pleased that Mike isn't answering this question because I think he'd have some some rather fruity views mm. about vegans, shall we say? Um, yeah. What about I'm you, Robsy? I'm looking forward to it, though. Um, my friend, my friend Matt, used to be the media manager of Forest Green for three or four years, and he would regularly show me pictures of the kind of the food that was on offer. Mm. It looks really nice. It, it, he kind of ultimately, nearly, pretty much went vegan as a result of work, working for them, yeah, for so long. So, um, yeah, I'm quite looking forward to it. How about you, Ross? Are you going to get stuck right into a vegan sausage roll? Yeah, I'll give it a go. My um, my dad, he, he's a vegan um, and vegetarian. What you know, all that doesn't eat meat. So um, when I go and <laughs> visit him, he makes me vegan meals. And sometimes, honestly, they're actually really good. Yeah. You know, because meat substitutes. He does like um, this like it's mushrooms, but it like it's pulled pork basically, but it's not pulled pork. It's mushrooms basically, but it's like it's lovely. So um, I'm gonna give it a try and uh, yeah, bear with me. I went vegan for a week once. I watched the uh, the Game Changers documentary on Netflix. Have you seen that? Which basically says that if you go vegan, you're essentially super powered. And I was, I was, I was like, yeah, I'm all in. Athlete, I'm gonna, I'm gonna be like, this is gonna take me to the next level of athletic prowess. Um, and it, yeah, it was good. We we bought some cookbooks. There was some nice, there's some nice food. But I'm, unfortunately, I just enjoy eating meat, um, and that I can't get away from that. So mm. there we go. I'm quite happy to tuck into a vegan meal every now and then, but I can't live that lifestyle full time. I'm afraid. Anyway, I'm, I am fascinated to know what Mike Bacon makes of the, the vegan options on Saturday. We shall see. Um, right then, who should we go with next? Uh, let's do a football one. Adrian Hawes wants to know, Humphreys and Indaba, to loan out or not to loan out? Hutchie, should we go with you here? Clearly, we're in the month where players may well be departing and maybe one or two coming in as well. But these are the two. And Corey Darb was on loan last season. We thought this is going to be hopefully his breakthrough season at town. But there's already talk about him being loaned out. Uh, Morsey and McKenna talked about it last week. Uh, and obviously Cameron Humphreys. I've cursed him by, by giving him the Aaron Drynan Surprise Package Award. And now he's going to go out on loan as well. <laughs> what do you make of it, Hutchie? Mm-hmm. Well, we spoke about this kind of back in May May time, I think. Mm-hmm. when the when And at that point, I think I, I think I probably said that I'd want them both to be around at least until January. Um, I'd certainly agree with that with Vindaba. I wouldn't be moving him out of the building yet. I think um, I think he's got some qualities that could really fit in this team. Um, and all it would take would be one one injury to one of the starting three defenders, and all all of a sudden Cameron Burgess comes into the team, and then then there's no backup. Obviously, obviously Dominic Ball and Greg Lee can can play there as well. But I'd be keeping Vindaba around. Um, 
Humphreys. Humphreys, I maybe changed a little bit, changed my thought process on a little bit. Um, I think he's maybe too good to not play games. Um, he didn't make the bench on Saturday. Raheem Harper did ahead of him. I'm sure Humphreys will play in the cup game with Colchester. And then there's obviously the trophy and the, and the FA Cup to come all before Christmas. So if they can find him the right loan, I'd, I'd look to loan him out. But I wouldn't be just pushing him out anywhere. We've seen with Idris previously that you can go out on loan and mm. it's not it's not great for you. We see Raheem Harper went out on loan and didn't have the best time either. So um, I wouldn't be pushing either of them out. Um, but if where you would, could find the would... right home. Where would be the right home for Humphreys? Do you reckon? What it's league tough. two are we talking? Or yeah, yeah, certainly that. Certainly no lower than that. It's hard because mm. you think the next step for Undaba is to play regularly in League One. Stu's Stu's put a bit online this morning about about all of this situation with a suggestion mm. in there that Fleetwood might be interested in Undaba, um, which would be interesting to see what he can do in League One. Um, for Humphreys, I, I don't know. It's you have to find a team that can play football, that's playing football in League Two. I think our, that was a, a thought process with with many players going to League Two that you've got to place them in the right team. I know Armando Dobra, for example, mm. he he was concerned that he'd just get kicked. Now, I think Humphreys could deal with that better than Dobra could, mm. um, but that's also not what you don't want to send your highly touted talented young player away to be kicked for four months um so i don't know like obviously crew didn't work out for harper but could crew be the could crew be an answer for humphreys i I don't know a a team that play a little bit um somewhere like that but it's Mm. it's 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 tough this is tough It, it ipswich I feel, obviously, we feel they're out of place in the football pyramid, which means their loan options just aren't there. They've got Limited, players that yeah. can, they can play in League One, these players, but hmm. then you look at League One and Ipswich aren't going to want to loan their players to half of the teams that are that are in there. So hmm. it's tough. It's, it's hmm. tough. I My take on it is I keep both of them. And Darber, I think, it has been on League Two. He's obviously clearly good enough at that level. If you think he's good enough to play in League One, keep him and play him. There must be a way of, of finding him. What's the point in sending out one of your own assets to play in the same league that you're playing in? Play him. Uh, and Humphreys, again, I, I, I'd like to keep him. He's clearly, again, he's shown that he's capable at this level. Uh, and I, I would imagine that having him around the squad and the and the, the players they've got, you know, the likes of Morsey and, and leaders like that is going to be good for him in terms of the ethos and how to, how to, conduct yourself as a professional, the process that Morsi's so keen on. Uh, I can see the argument for him out, but I personally would keep him around. Rossi, what do you reckon? Yeah, I'll, I'll keep him around. Um, you know, we've got the five subs this year. Um, mm. We're going we're to go all the way in the cup competitions, aren't we? Um, and I think I think for the time being, I think it's good to keep him around and then maybe January, look at it maybe and see if they're not playing um, and then maybe load them out. Um, and it, it just needs to be the right club. Just needs to be a club where they'll actually play. I don't want them to be sitting on a bench like, you know, Dobra at Colchester and you mm. know, Harper went to Crew, but it was very much a sally for Crew. It was a sinking ship and they got relegated. So I think it needs to be the right club. Um, I think Endaba is going to thrive at any club, really, because I think he did really well at Salford. Um, Fleet would be an interesting move that did did happen, you know, under Scott Brown, you know, young manager. Um, but I'll keep him around. You know, you never know. They out of nowhere play 
do well and stay in the team. Um, so, yeah, at the moment, keep them. Okay, let us know what you think about that. Um, Lorna Weber wants to know, Hutchie, when a town going to lose for the first time in the league? Obviously, they're currently riding a quite a long unbeaten streak. Um, when do you think they're going to lose? Don't say Saturday. Well, it's Accrington, isn't it? That's what they yeah, do. Of course it is, yeah. September, <laughs> September the 3rd at Accrington. That's going to be the first defeat in the league, September 3rd. What do you reckon, Rossi? Unmute, unmute. So I was there just quickly looking at the fixtures. I was quickly looking at the fixture. Benches is, um, is unhappy yeah, with sorry. me. Sorry, sorry. It's fine. While you look, uh, Ross, I do have some concerns about Shrewsbury on August ooh, the yeah. 20th. Yeah. Yeah, mm. I, can see, I can see that. I mean, to be fair, if they do make it to September the 3rd without losing in the league, that'd be pretty decent given the, the teams they're playing, MK Dons and Barnsley, etc. before then. Sorry about my dog. My wife's just gone out for a run and now he's barking. I will go on mute in, in short order. So you're saying September the 3rd and you're saying, what are you saying, Rossi? Um, maybe it's sooner. Maybe it could be Burton away. I, I don't think, I think they're going to struggle this year, Burton, but I don't know. They're always a bit of a bogey team sometimes. We lost against them last year, but no, we're not going to lose them. We're going to lose uh, against Sheffield Wednesday on the 17th of September. That's one hell of a little unbeaten run. That'd be tremendous if we get to there. Right then, a couple more questions to finish off with. Richard Lee wants to know, is John Jules, Hutchie, a striker or a 10? If he's a 10, do we need another striker? And if so, who are the top options available? Cole Stockton, still at Morecambe, for example. What do you reckon? Tyrese John Jules, other than Morsey, was for me the most impressive player on the pitch on, on Saturday. I've only seen him play as a 10. I've not seen yeah. him play as an out-and-out striker. So I... Look, I don't think we know yet, mm. um, but I do still think they'll they'll want another striker, regardless of what. I think he's a forward, yeah, um, and I think he, I think he's going to be useful for Ipswich. But um, George Hurst will will always is going to be one that they want until they can't have him. Um, he's obviously got interest from elsewhere, but until he's off the board, I think Ipswich, Ipswich will retain a retain an interest in him. Okay. I, I definitely see him as a as a kind of 10 behind the striker sort of player. The way he played at the weekend was tremendous. Got all sorts of facets and angles to his game as well as the dark arts we've already discussed. Two more questions. Our old friend Mark, Mullet. Sorry. Mm-hmm. Sorry. I've I've got a nickname for him. No, don't I'm gonna pull a Heath. Yeah. It's, it's all it's all right because you know, obviously we know his uncle was in Red Dwarf, right? The cat, yeah. So he's he's the big cat, isn't he? The big cat, I like it. And I, if I haven't given him that nickname, maybe the curse will be lifted. It's not an official nickname. It's just a just a discussion point. The big cat, the cat for the big cat this season. You've ruined him now, Hachi. Nah, <laughs> it's not official. It's fine. Yeah, okay, unofficial. Not a Heath-approved nickname, although I do like it. Mullet wants to know, given the wonderful inspirational speaker the club had in, um, what would you say to the players if you were given an audience with them this month? Now, this is obviously a, a reference to the, the story. The club had uh, a former Arizona police officer, Jason Schechtel, 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 I think that's it, um, in to give them a, a talk about the running to adversity. He, he uh, obviously suffered injuries in the line of duty. Um uh, and in terms of what I would say to players, I'm not sure anyone can follow that, can they, Hutchie? I mean, you, you and me standing up in front of them going, kick it in the goal, lads. Do yeah. It the, do it for the KOA. 
<laughs> yeah, I'm not. Yeah, I'm not sure. I'm not sure we've quite got the clout to add <laughs> to add to that. Um, but yeah, by by all accounts, a very important experience for all of those players. A, a mm. reminder that running towards adversity, the club's mantra isn't just three words. It's a it's it's real and it's a human thing. Um, yeah. What would I say? Probably don't don't take player ratings too personally. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Absolutely. Essentially. Um, yeah. But Rossi, a noted inspirational speaker that you are, what would you, what would you say to the boys? Uh, just leave, er, let, leave everything on the pitch, boys, um, and all that jazz. Um, and, yeah, <laughs> score it in the, the you know, bag. You know, all score, that jazz. score it in the score bag. There we go. Yeah. If you want to read more about that, there is something on our website. It's Jason Schechtel, I believe you pronounce it. Um, seems to, a very inspirational guy indeed. And I know a lot of the players were tweeting about it, weren't they, yesterday, saying how much it meant to them to meet him. Morsey shared a picture of him, shaking hands with him. Good picture of Kieran with him as well. So, yeah, tremendous stuff. Uh, and great to see the club kind of connecting that running towards adversity line with real-life people that the players can, can meet and the staff can meet. Right, and final question of Mailbag this week is... Reference obviously the ongoing Commonwealth Games FPL tractor. Which Commonwealth Games sport are you all participating in? Stewing the weightlifting is obviously a given. Um, I would like to take part in Hutchie the three v three basketball. Yeah. I don't know if you, I don't know if you've seen any of this. It's tremendous. Obviously, I used to play basketball in in, in my youth to a decent level, and uh, the three on three stuff is brilliant. It's really good to watch as well. Um, I've not so that, seen it, but it sounds great. It's great. I'm not sure my knee could take it. I've got to be honest, on a, on a 3v3 or indeed a 5v5 scale now, these aren't what they were, clearly. But um, that would be what I'd, I'd like to get involved in. Um, what about you, boys? I was watching a bit of the mountain biking yesterday. Ah, from, of course, you're from, a cyclist. Yeah. From Canuck, I think it was at Canuck Chase. Mm. I think it was being, that looked a lot of fun. There was one There was one guy who was in a medal, medal position, right? And he was happily cycling along, had a bit of a slip on a corner, fell off. And, um, like snap the derailleur off his off off the back, so he ripped it off, ripped the chain, and then tried to kind of freewheel it downhill to get to the tech area where he could fix wow. his bike. Didn't didn't get back in the race to get his medal, sadly. But um, yeah, that looks that looked like a lot of fun. They are a different breed those those mountain bikers. Um, Rossi, what would you medal inevitably at the Commonwealth Games in? <laughs> Um, I like swimming. I probably would probably finish last in swimming, but it, I'll have probably <laughs> quite I, I possibly, you, mate. I think yeah. you almost certainly, absolutely, definitely would finish last. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'll, I'll enjoy taking part. I'll enjoy taking part. Um, but I think my sport will have to be lawn bowls. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Not are you a are you a finger bias or thumb bias bowler? Um, trying to pretend to do it now. <laughs> <laughs> you just go with the flow. Whatever happens at yeah, the time, if yeah. it's a, a yeah, it's a it's a massive moment. I have to hit the ball there, and yeah. So yeah, depends we, on the day. You've got all the terms already, so I reckon you're halfway there. You have got to hit the ball yeah. and, and that. Yeah, um, there's a bowls club at the top of my road, Ross. I've, yeah. I've been a few times. I'm going to join it. Come, uh, you can. Your journey to the Commonwealth Games can begin. Do it. It's, it's a very it. it's a very civilized sport. I, I like the I like the, the idea. Of not you. when I'm done with it. It's not. Have <laughs> you're going to rep- um, Have you watched a film called Black Ball? Is that the guy with the uh, the Dennis Penis guy? Yeah, I think so. There's a film and it's yeah, it's just it's, it's like someone yeah. who shakes up bowls, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. 
I remember seeing a trailer a few years ago. Yeah, is it good? Okay, okay, was yeah. the um, Dennis yeah. Penis, yeah, and Vince Vaughn's in it as well. Is it good? It's a good film. Yeah, it's about Bob's. tremendous. So there we go. There we go. I commend it to the house. I will just say on a TV recommendation, by the way, Netflix, Woodstock 1999, three-part documentary about when they tried to recreate Woodstock 30 years after the kind of love and peace and happiness era. It did not go well. They booked a bunch of new metal bands whose kind of ethos was smash smash everything up, essentially. Um, and there were essentially thousands of very drunk frat boys. Um, what could go wrong? It did go wrong. It ended in a, in a fiery inferno. Um, an excellent documentary watching it going what how the hell did they think this was a good idea also very similar the fire documentary about the fire festival if you've not seen that go and watch that anyway here endeth mailbag from fire and woodstock 1999 to forest green very similar brilliant segue hutcher you're going to be there on saturday our first or your first trip to forest green rovers your mate won't be there but your best friend mike bacon will be with you um, what do we make about this trip? Forest Green started with a win at Bristol Rovers last weekend, so a good result for them. Clearly, among you would say probably the relegation favourites, they've just signed, however, Connor Wickham, formerly of this parish, as a free agent. Your thoughts, please. I think they're going to stay up first and first and foremost. I like mm-hmm. I like they've they've kind of got a club kind of style. I like their manager Ian Birchnell, who was at Notts uh, County last season. He's one that. Led to believe it, Ipswich kind of under Marcus Evans were keeping a little bit of an eye on over over a period. He used to be Graham Potter's um, assistant manager at Ostersunds in Sweden, so he's had some had some real success there. Um, but it's quite a big one for Ipswich. Ipswich. This obviously a draw on the opening day was ab- absolutely fine, um, but quite like to I'd quite like to see them go and kind of dominate a game and and come away with a win from this one at a, a ground that might have a little bit of um, adversity for them to overcome. This is some, some forest green fans are, are saying that this is probably the, the biggest game, biggest opposition they've ever faced as a football mm. club. So it's going to be a, a good occasion. Um, but I'd like to see Ipswich go and go and dominate this one, come away with a win. It is cliche Claxon, their cup final, isn't it Rossi? Do we fear, do we fear Mr. Wickham? Uh, not really, you know. He won't start. <laughs> he won't start for them, yeah. will he? Um, but it's an interesting move. Um, I was speaking to a Forest Green Rovers guy um, this morning, mm. and you know, he, he's just like, I've just signed Connor Wickham. I know he's had his injury problems, but he has played in the Premier League. He has scored, you know, cut cut semi final goal to send Crystal Palace to to the cup final in the FA Cup. Um, but yeah, you, you just don't know what you're going to get with Connor Wickham. Really, he's he's a proven goal scorer when he's fit and far in a go. But hopefully, he's away from our injuries now. Um, but it will be interesting. I'm, I'm sure he'll get a, a decent reception from the town fans. But um, but yeah, I don't fear him to be honest. Mm. Promise, promise, ultimately unfulfilled. Really, isn't it in, in his career? He's had so many injuries. It's been such a shame to see. Uh, Hutchie, the big question, I guess, going into the game, which we had on Monday, and I'm interested to get your take on in terms of town selection. Do you stick with Leif Davis and Marcus Harness, or do you bring in the guys who looked so good on Saturday when they came on, Greg Lee and obviously the big cat, Tyrese John-Jules? Um, I think Stewie and I argued for the latter. Stick with them, don't drop them. And Roscoe said, nah, bring bring the guys in that are doing well. If you're playing well, you play. Uh, where do you stand on that? Uh, with you and Stu, I think I'd go, if you can, unchanged 
for this yeah. for, for this one. Um, it's a long season. Those guys will get their chance. Um, I think the one, the one that I might consider would be harness, but not for John Jill. It would be for Luco. Uh, okay, that bit more, that bit more control. Um, but really, I probably, I'm probably thinking go with the same, go with the same again as the Colchester game on Tuesday, which no doubt will be an opportunity for people like John Jules will start that game. I'm I'm sure of that. Um, but I'd go, I think I'd probably go same again, perhaps consider a Luco for, for harness just to bring that little more element of control in a, mm. in an away game that might have a bit of a frenetic, frenetic start. Yeah. I'm going to, I, I, I obviously have already said stick with the guys, but um, I suspect when we do boot room tomorrow, Hutchie, Purely for being contrary and provoking discussion, I'll say the opposite. So there we go. That's an early warning. Um, but I, I think the substitutes are so important this season. You know, the five subs rule is going to be massive for town. And being able to bring people off the bench like the Big Cat and Greg Lee, um, Carl Edwards, all these sort of people, town are going to have such an advantage there. That position, Hutchie, as I tried to say to Dewey on Monday, that sixth man or twelfth man in, in, in football this season is going to be so important. Um, and town have such an advantage there. It is going to be almost like a a specific role for players to come off the bench and change the game. And town yeah. have got players who can do that in droves. Yeah, I think I think you're right. I, look, none of these players want to be labelled as the the sub, do they? The subshire no. role. But I think there's a few of them that could let's call them impact players. Mm. Maybe a bit more friendly friendly yeah. term than the super sub. I, I I think you're probably right. I think it could well be a a theme that we're talking about quite a lot, particularly particularly because Ipswich have had to deal with certain situations a few times, haven't they, where frustration for an hour, if you can change it significantly, mm. like John John Jules, like just for those players you've mentioned, John Jules and um and Edwards in particular, just as examples, can really change the dimensions of the attack of that of that mm. attack. And I think that's what they may need to do rather than just like for like changes and um, Jackson's the same, really different player to Ladapo, really mm. different. Um, I think, I think Kate, I think Caden might have to settle into being that that impact player, but that can be a really powerful, like you're saying, that could be a really powerful thing. So, hey, I mean, um, players like him and, and Edwards, and even someone like Greg Lee, they're, they're built for that. You might, you know, as I said before, but imagine being a defender and you get, you've got to like the 60th minute or 70th minute, or whatever. And then you see those guys fresh off the bench going onto the pitch. Terrifying, absolutely terrifying. Mm. Um, and for me, I'd find it, I'd find anywhere to play Greg Lee. I love Greg Lee. He's just tremendous. I'm not going to give him a nickname, however. Um, Greg. Then, Greg. Though I did call him Easy Lee at one point, but I shan't do that again. Uh, um, what about 50% G <laughs> I'm not getting involved in nicknames you, what G unit G unit exactly well yeah I, I can't <laughs> you, you may say these nicknames but I cannot endorse any of them for fear of the Heath curse alighting upon my my boy Greg Lee or indeed the big cat or anyone else um, Hutchie it's now time to bring back the most popular feature we've ever had on the podcast it's million pound picks Last season, you lost it all, mainly because of Watson meddling and putting it all on ridiculous bets. Season two, we're never going to give up the responsibility out of your hands because you're sensible. Um, so, yeah, take it away. I'm going to have a slight, a slight change, 
to the format as well, aren't we? Which um still the same, still start with a million, still end with nothing. But rather than being restricted by the bookmakers' odds, Mark Heath, you're you're gonna be my bookmaker and you're gonna give me some odds on stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Um which might allow us to be a little bit more creative. I've not gone mad this week to start things off, but we'll see where it goes. So I'm gonna start with the old faithful, which he should have done last weekend. Yeah. It's Sam Sam Morsi to score, which proved so so useful last season. But I'm gonna start with that. What what odds are you giving me to that? So that's, just, mind... that's a standalone bet. Yeah. Yeah. Just to score. Bear, Bear in mind, mind the bookies say seven seven to one is generally where that's at. I'll give you because he fluffed his lines last weekend, I'll give you eight to one on Sam Morsi okay. to score. And I'll give you fifty thousand pounds of my cash to, right. to hold. I'll send you that. my bank details after this. Yeah. Thank you very much. Okay. So the sec we'll start with that. Second scenario. I think Ipswich are gonna win. Mm-hmm. But I also think they're gonna hit the woodwork twice. Ipswich in the win game. And hit the woodwork twice. Yeah. That, that's your bet. The bookies won't give me odds on that, but will do you? To I will, obviously. To to win, obviously they're favourites, but to hit the woodwork twice in a game, how rare would that be? Um I will give you thirty three to one. Okay. Uh to hit the woodwork twice in cool. a game. That's can we just rare. can we just clear up now? Yeah. If if the goals go in off the post or bar, does that count? Mm. You wouldn't refer to that as hitting the woodwork, though, would you? If, when if a goal went in off the off the post, so no. Okay, thirty three to one. Put twenty grand on that. Thirty three to one, twenty grand. So eight to one on Morsi to score, and twenty grand on at thirty three to one town to win. But to separately hit the hit the post or bar twice. Yes, yeah, both must happen. Yeah. Wow. Okay. There we go. Up and running, million pound picks. Stick with us, people. See how long it takes Hutchie to lose all his cash. Um, I don't think he will this season though, because Watson's not going to be involved. Uh, prediction time, then, boys. Rossi, you'll be at Forest Green Rovers. Ipswich Town will be at Forest Green Rovers. Will they win at Forest Green Rovers on Saturday? What are you saying? They will indeed. Two um, one. 2-1. A solid 2-1. Hutchie, you, you already said you think they're going to win. What do you reckon? That's what I've got as well. 2-1. 2-1. I'm going to say Tam will win 2-0. But it'll be a it'll be a, a real battling 2-0. They'll be under under the cosh for the first 15, 20 minutes of the game, I can see, because Forest Green will come out like gangbusters, you'd imagine. And then they'll get a goal, calm it down. Forest Green will go on the attack again, second half, and Tam will get another one um, to wrap it up, second half. Probably the big cat, Tyrese John Jules. That's what I'm saying. Um, so 2 0 and 2 2 ones. That's what we're saying, boys. Any other business before I start my usually shambolic outro? No other business from me. No other business. Right. Things to remember then. Um, the KOA fan social being recorded tonight will be with you tomorrow. So look out for that. Um, obviously, support our sponsor, Manscaped. Use the code KOA at manscaped.com for 20% off and free delivery on all that excellent clobber. Stuart Watson's been hammering that code. He get, gets ready for the beach. Uh, this week. So that's the code KOA at manscaped.com. Thanks for flashing that up, Rossi. Nice one. And also follow us across all our social medias. That's Kings of Anger on YouTube, especially Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. And also, we've not had any five star reviews for a little while. The last one said, 
it improves my life, which I quite liked. Quite a nice little thing to say. So if you want to leave a similarly glowing praise uh, via a five-star review on iTunes, please do, because it helps us visibility-wise in the charts, helps more people find us uh, and join the KOA Army. Right then, it's the first midweek pod of the season done in the books. Ipswich Town will travel to Forest Green this weekend. If you're going, enjoy the game. Hutchie, Porker, Roscoe will all be there, and we'll be back next week to talk all about it. Have a great weekend, and we'll speak to you then. <laughs>